0: With Jeff Andreas.
1: Happy Friday to you. It is three thirty eight here on this September the third. Hope you're having a nice afternoon so far. A recent study published in the Journal of Substance Abuse Treatment has identified an unintended benefit of medical cannabis use for some who also use tobacco. They're reaching for nicotine less often. Yeah, a research team led by Dr. Philippe Lucas. He's the CEO of I2E Research. Alongside Dr. Zach Walsh, a psychology professor at UBC, Together, they analyzed self-reported survey data from 2,100 medical cannabis users, with 650 of those identified as current or former tobacco consumers. According to doctors Lucas and Walsh, the results were impressive. So for more on this, please to be joined here by UBC psychology professor, Dr. Zach Walsh. Dr. Walsh, how are you here today? I'm doing well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Appreciate the time. And I guess before we get into some of the results here, I guess I just wanted to know sort of some background here as to why this is something that interested you. Why was this something that you wanted to kind of learn a little bit more about? I understand you sort of have a bit of a a background in in research around substance use. And uh, why was this something that, you know, just seemed like uh, an interesting subject to tackle?
0: You know, early on with medical cannabis, um, you know, around 2000 or so, when we started to collect, you know, a reasonable amount of data about what was happening with medical cannabis users, one thing that I think stuck out to, to many of us was that people were reporting uh, reducing some of their other medications. Uh, in particular opioids. So if people were using cannabis for chronic pain, which so many people were, they were saying that they were using less opioids. And that was really interesting because we all know how severe the opioid epidemic is, and, and anything that can help out in that way is, um, is going to be something that we want to follow up on as, as, as public health scientists. Um, you know, and, and as we started to look deeper, you know, a bunch of studies came out showing that, yeah, there did seem to be something there in what we call cannabis substitution. And we started to see it also with alcohol, where people were maybe drinking a little bit less um, but no one had really looked at tobacco, so we were interested you know to see it's it's sort of a different thing. You can imagine someone using uh, cannabis instead of opioids if it helps with pain or using it instead of alcohol to maybe relax, but using cannabis to 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 stop smoking cigarettes was something that was uh, pretty new to us, so you know we included it in our in this in this iteration of the survey so that we could at least start to see what. If there was anything there, and it, and it turns out that you know, based on these, it really did look like people were reporting reducing their tobacco use. Um, so it was fascinating. We were, we were just we were just excited to see it.
1: Yeah. No. Perfect. I, and you know, when you were going through this study and trying to find out. You know, people are reaching for medical cannabis a little bit more and therefore reaching for their cigarettes a little bit less. I mean, how did you sort of uh, compile this data? What sorts of uh, information were you collecting from those who participated to find out just how much they were smoking before to learn how, how well medical cannabis may work as a smoking cessation tool?
0: Well, you know, we the, the first the first round of it, we were just asking people if they had smoked, uh, if they used tobacco, nicotine products before and and how their nicotine use changed when they started uh, with medical cannabis. And we also got a little bit more in depth with it, asking people if they stopped completely or they cut back. Um, and, uh, and, you know, from there we, we were just able to analyze the data. One of the nice things with having a, a medical cannabis program here in Canada is that we're able to really um, track a large number of users. So this is the kind of thing where if you don't have um, you know, such a, such a large sample of medical cannabis users. It's hard to find, first of all, the subsample that smoke and then the subsample in there that, um, used it instead of, instead of tobacco. So it was, it was a benefit of having uh, a large number of respondents who were all confirmed medical cannabis users. And that allowed us to, you know, pick up on, on what a signal that could have easily been missed if we didn't have such a, such a powerful sample.
1: Did did you talk at all about legalization and how that's impacted impacted people's cannabis use overall?
0: You know, I think that's the next step. So in this case, we were looking at medical cannabis users, and they were all they were all derived from a from a medical cannabis use uh, a medical cannabis use survey to to registered medical cannabis users. In general, um, I think that that's going to be an important next step is finding out if people who are not medical users. Uh, are also cutting down on their tobacco. but you know as as a first step, I think this is suggestive. I don't I'm not sure why it would be why it would be different. and I, and I think a real good question is how many people are doing this on purpose? Is it something where you, where mm-hmm. people are saying i'm gonna I'm gonna quit um, smoking tobacco, so I'm gonna start using cannabis more, uh, at least for the short term while I have these tobacco cravings? Or is it something you know with these medical users, many of them may have just started using cannabis and, and sort of noticed incidentally that they were smoking less. So that's one of the big questions moving forward. Is this something that people are doing on purpose? Does it just happen? And um, if it is something that's that's just happening, how do we how do we harness that potentially to, to help reduce smoking uh, more broadly?
1: Mm-hmm. Were, were you surprised at all? Because I'm looking at some of the data here, like 24%, almost a quarter of those reporting zero tobacco use in the 30 days preceding the survey. I mean, that that's a significant reduction. Almost one quarter of respondents who were using cigarettes are, are smoking less. That That's significant here.
0: It really is. Um, I think we were surprised by just how strong the effects were. But, you know, if you think about some of the things that people are uh, encouraged to do when they quit smoking is maybe find some kind of a replacement. So some people will try to use those um, uh, smokeless uh, cigarettes or, or um, you know, even even chew on gum or, or um, some people will recommend a lollipop. I don't know, but something to keep um, that, that, that kind of behavioral replacement, something that, that people can reach for a little bit. So, I think there may be part of that that you're you know it's one thing that' that's inhaled versus another, so there might be some replacement there I mean it's surprising because the, the the pathways in the brain in the end it's all reinforcing and there's something to do with dopamine uh, in terms of that reinforcement but they, you know the endocannabinoid system and, and the way that nicotine works are pretty pretty different so it's not as obvious a substitution as say the opioid system and and the endocannabinoid system, which are which are more closely linked.
1: Would you would you have anything to say to someone, for example, who says, you know, if they're really opposed to to smoking cigarettes, which most people I think are, you know, in realization of why that's not a good mm. thing to be doing. But you know, there's still some people who really look at cannabis with a with a darker lens as well, and sort of put it mm-hmm. in that category of 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 you know people who are, who are using cannabis are going down the wrong path if you will whatever the case may yeah. be i guess you know would you have a message to say like hey you know maybe you're right maybe cannabis isn't like the best alternative you're still smoking it's still not great for your lungs but it's still a heck of a lot more healthy than, than tobacco and cigarettes would be
0: well it it absolutely is uh i don't know i don't think this is something that we'd recommend for people who aren't already using cannabis so if you're if you're trying to quit smoking i would say hey start smoking cannabis right uh, but if you are someone who uses cannabis and maybe you use both cannabis and tobacco, um, it might be a tool that you can think about to see uh, if it is a way to quit smoking tobacco. Because one thing we do know is that tobacco is one of the hardest things to quit. Uh, much more difficult than, than, than uh, cannabis cessation. Um, and it's, and it is much more harmful to the lungs as well. So if you're really struggling to quit, smoking. And I don't know if this is the front line. I don't think it's going to be the front line approach, but if you tried other things and so many people who try to quit smoking have, they've tried this, they've tried that. None of it seems to be working. Um, we want to have as many tools available to people who are trying to quit this deadly habit as possible. So maybe this is another tool in the tool belt. I don't think it's going to be the front line. Um, but like I say, if it helps a little, it helps a lot because smoking is, is a deadly vice.
1: Now, one of the things that is mentioned in the paper that uh, you know you yourself and uh, Dr. Luke is here put together was talking about how this is you know in infancy research here, right? There's still some work to be done to just oh, yeah. figure out how much uh, how much effect this really does have. So, kind of what's next for you if if you want to dig a little bit further into this?
0: Well, I think digging a little bit further would be to get people who are planning on quitting smoking um, and uh, who may also use uh, who may also use cannabis and see if if cannabis does help in a more controlled way. So if you're trying to quit smoking and, and we have some kind of a cannabis program where it's like you're going to use cannabis as a thoughtfully to try to reduce your tobacco use and maybe someone else who isn't trying that way or someone who isn't using uh, cannabis, if they're, if they're sort of equivalent people uh, in other ways in terms of age and how long they've been smoking, etc., if we could compare those two groups, um, that's going to be really powerful. Um, Because what we didn't have in this study is a group of people who wanted to quit smoking and weren't using cannabis to compare to.
1: Are there any plans in the hopper for that at this stage or, you know, something we'll just kind of have to think about here and hopefully not take too long to get back (laughs) underway?
0: You no, know, I'm hoping that, you know, there's, there's nothing rolling right now, but, you know, as, as the paper comes out and it gains interest, uh, I would certainly be, be enthusiastic because as much as, uh, you know, we've done a great, smoking is a great example, tobacco, uh, uh, of a place where public health has really been successful. We've cut smoking rates substantially in Canada and B.C., um, but there's still those last, last holdouts of people who are trying to quit. You know, 75% of people who start smoking consider themselves addicted and wish they could quit. Um, so that that's still a sizable number of people, and and if we can find new ways to to help them out, I think there's going to be broad enthusiasm about mm-hmm. that. So I do see, I do, I don't think this is the end of the story.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely curious to see, you know, how this uh, this data can be expanded and just how impactful it can be, because what like I said, one quarter of those who uh, you know reported zero tobacco use in 30 days preceding the survey is pretty really huge. I'm curious to see if that correlates with a larger sample size. But uh, I really appreciate your time here. Yeah, me here. too. I really appreciate your time, Dr. Wall. Any, anything else while I have you here? Um, no, just, you know,
0: uh, I, I, I just want to caution. That this is not not showing that this is a, a breakthrough new treatment. It's more like an, a, an exciting signal that we need to follow up on um, as we consider, you know, the new role of cannabis in, in, in a destigmatized way. There was a time when you could never say that cannabis was anything but terrible, and we're now starting to remember that this is one of the oldest medicines uh that we have as a as a a human race and and, you know it's not without its its risks but uh i think we we've spent too long ignoring some of the potential benefits Mm -hmm.
1: thank you so much for your time today i really appreciate it and uh, next time we see some more data come down i definitely hope to follow up so thanks so much for this thank you take care yeah you too have a great uh long weekend dr zach walsh there a psychology professor at ubc